All right, man. Welcome back to the show. You're talking to Troy Track Select, and we're coming back to the show back on track. And guess what? We got a celebrity again. What's yeah. up, with you, man? Say say what's up to the people, man. Yeah, you know what's good. It's Gene back again. Shout out to shout out to my IG account. Shout out to Dollar Staller on IG. Shout out to Sick World Music. Sick S I C. Back from rolling loud, fresh from New York. You feel me? A little bit sick from the weather change, but we still out here. Yeah, man. And uh, doing big things. I just saw that you were. Um, I mean, yeah, like you said, in New York with uh, DJ Five Venoms, right? Yeah, that was a movie. What a lifestyle. What a lifestyle. <laughs> I just be in the doggone cubicle. You know, my movie is Office Space, and, and don't nobody want to be in there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's all good, man. We're all doing pretty dang good this, uh, this time around. And we have a pretty darn good... Uh, Good episode this time around. It's kind of following up from my last week's episode, which was talking about crossovers. Uh, and this one is is kind of a crossover that's been happening for the last couple years. Uh, and we're going to be talking about black artists who've been playing around with this pop punk sound or this punk sound quite a bit. Um, yeah, Gordon, you got any kind of initial thoughts? Gee, my bad. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's all good. Um, yeah, it's like we got a uh, new age rock stars on here, you know. Now we got rock stars without the band. Yeah, no, like really and truly, um, which is interesting that you said that. I never even thought about it in that way. But we have a rock star with no band to be a rock star. You know, honestly, early two thousands and back, it was always a band. Um. Closest yeah, you could. instruments had to, <laughs> you know, at least have a guitarist, bassist, and a drummer. Yeah, minimum. And that was like bare bones, pretty much. Because most of yeah. them at least had a rhythm guitar, uh, you know, guitar and singer, and then drums and, uh, and a bass. And now it's one dude and a producer, yeah. <laughs> you know. Somebody let these these uh, dudes with bars that used to just listen to punk and metal music on the bus, give them FL Studios, here we are. Real life. It's a different, it's really a different world out here. Um, <laughs> that's insane. I never thought about that. You had to have an entire band and now it's just could be one dude and it's about, you know, one guy show. You might have a lead, lead guy who kind of stands out because he's the front man, but... Uh, now it's just one guy. Yeah. And it's a rapper. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> a, kind of originally, sort of, if you... I mean, two guys if you count the DJ, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, if, it, if he wants to be a... Like, if it's a producer who also wants to, like, be the guy in the front, it could just be one, one guy. True. Um, so, I have a couple questions that this podcast is going to go by because it made the most sense to me and it'll help give a little bit of context to what we're really doing here. Uh, so let me, let me start off with the first one, which is, uh, what is punk and when did it start? 
Um, so punk just is kind of a break off from rock starting in the seventies. It was a kind of a break off from what they thought was excess. Uh, they wanted to get away from the excess of rock in the seventies. And so, you know, we're talking about guys who like the Ramones, Iggy and the Stooges, the Sex Pistols, the Clash, and it's typically really simple song structure. We're talking like two minute songs, two and a half minute songs with a only couple, a couple of real chords in there. Exactly. Only a couple chords. They might all be power chords. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and we're just going to play it hard and fast. We're going to get in there and we're going to get out. And that's kind of it. Um, and you have to remember, this is kind of a big departure from Rock of the Time because Rock of the Time was, uh, I mean, we're talking seven minute songs that are like six songs in one because of all the different transitions and uh, choruses and verses and bridges. And so it feels like you got seven songs at the, you're not even listening to the same song at the end of it. Than when you started, uh, and you missed yeah. a lot of glam at the time. People were wearing makeup, all these fancy clothes, all these lights. It's a it's a big show. Whereas when you hit the punk sphere, everything kind of hit a complete one eighty. You know, like where you had the rock back at the time, it was all safe. You know, good for the radio and whatnot. Punk not family friendly at all the music was hard it was aggressive it was passionate it was it was what the young people wanted to hear at the time in my opinion yeah and we're you know what i'm saying we're from the big stage to these dive bars in new york and detroit uh and we're fighting in here i mean we're literally like fighting for our lives just trying to live through an hour-long concert uh usually shouting pretty rebellious stuff and anti-establishment stuff um, moshing in the pit and like literally cutting themselves with glass like Iggy Pop has a story where he like slices his chest open or back open from falling on a glass table and insists on finishing the show and he's like bleeding everywhere and you know clearly a clearly a very different time um, bleeding all over the crowd and they're like yeah like this is this is what's up <laughs> like this is it this is a <laughs> national public health emergency and that's why, you know what I'm saying, New York got hit with COVID like it did. They're letting people yeah. spew blood all over them. And then going home. And 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 that's it. No hospital visit, no nothing. Um but yeah, just a totally different like different view. Just leather, shirtless, jeans, that's it. You were lucky to make it out of there alive, pretty much. Different different uh group of people at the time. And so that's a very, very, I mean, disrespectful, <laughs> short, disrespectful, <laughs> short history of just punk, right? And so then I asked the question, like, what is pop punk? So pop punk, and when did that start? So pop punk is exactly what it sounds like, punk with some pop elements, and it's a little more melodic. It's a little more accessible. It might be even a little more like higher fidelity recording, because now we're kind of making it so that the masses like to hear it. And it starts in um, a little later in the 70s. Um, and it grows and grows and kind of really blows up in the 90s. Uh, and you get some bands like Green Day, The Offspring, and Blink-182, which 
they will come back into the picture in a little bit. So remember that name. Um, but and then in the 2000s, it just explodes and becomes like the the genre. Uh, so we have groups and it kind of becomes indistinguishable from what people call like emo rock. So we're talking bands right. like Avril Lavigne, Sum 41, Good Charlotte, Fall Out Boy, Paramore, uh, Paramore, etc. Right. Um and wow, any, wow, wow. Way to snub Panic at the Disco. Yeah. Yo, you're right. You're right. I, okay. <laughs> that is my bad because I was thinking about them and I just did not write the name down. Um, but yeah, Panic <laughs> at the Disco. My bad. Don't let the, don't let the Panic at the Disco shooters come in here. Um, yeah, for real. Yeah. I write sins, not tragedies. Please don't disrespect me. I promise. I promise <laughs> I'd be playing that. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like, and it's a huge deal because everybody, if you grew up in the 2000s and you think about it, you remember hearing it in like every single movie that was like kind of a, a kid's movie or a, a little teenage movie that was, I don't know about anybody in high school, pretty much you were, or early twenties, you were guaranteed to hear, uh, stuff like that. For sure. It was just every, all the American pie movies. Mm, yeah. Any, yeah. anything about college. Yep. Yep just an insane force that I kind of forgot how big it was until I was really thinking about like pop punk is still, um, of course it's still around and a lot of people listen to it, but it was the forefront for, uh, a little bit actually had a real strong hold. It was crazy to me. What? White people used to play at parties. Yeah. Like how do you dance to that? Does it matter? It it doesn't matter because White people dance to the lyrics instead of the beat anyway. So <laughs> I you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. did it did it ever matter? It's never been a thing. Um no. that is interesting to like have Fallout Boy playing at the party and like we're really turned to some Fallout Boy or like some My Chemical crazy, Romance. Right? My Chemical Romance is <laughs> yeah. That's actually insane. Um I wish I could remember because I actually went through a phase where I was listening to My Chemical Romance for uh, a little bit and it's because i was like talking to this girl at a time and if you're wondering yes she was and so that's (laughs) (laughs) i went through a time where i was like listening to them for a bit and they were on mtv and yeah just a just a different a different point in time for sure um do i need to call dr umar no, 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 no. I've, I've cut that negativity out of my life. So no, no need to worry about me. I'm trying to educate the masses right now. You know, I'd be seeing people out and every time I see, you know, a couple, I'd be like, dang, another brother lost his way. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, <laughs> no problem. Do what you want. Love who you love, bro. I'm not going, I'm not going to stop you. So. All right, Mr. HBCU. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like, you know, so so it blows up in the 2000s. It's just a humongous movement. Right. No question about it. And then we get to the other side of this collaboration rap. Right. We all know about rap. It's the forefront of the music sphere right now and has been for like the last 20 years, really and truly. Um, so, you know, quick, quick backup, uh, 
basically starts in the 70s um, and really blows up in the 80s with gangster rap and all that. And then you get to the 90s and we have uh, some Dr. Umar raps coming out quite a bit as long uh, along with gangster rap being a thing. 2000s gets super huge, blows up and it's in everybody's face forever. And here we are living the spear that is rap. Even music that isn't rap features 808s in it. It's literally inescapable at this point. Um, even genres who like hated rap, like country, maybe a little bit of rock and roll, whatever, like have 808s in them, which is insane to say. Um, so the question I have for that section is like, when does rap get so melodic? Because it used to be a question of is rap even music or not really a question, just white music critics who were did not like it at the time right um and the truth is it's always been melodic uh but kind of more of in the sense of what we mean by melodic today right so we have artists who make rap more melodic and emotional which is a a big change so artists like lauren hill missy elliott kid cuddy kanye west andre 3000 uh black eyed peas and you know of course, the huge, huge, huge one, Drake, who makes it do, right. a, you know, it's without saying right at this point. Um, Drake makes so it. So glad he didn't take our last episode down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to um, y'all for not snitching on us and having the uh, NBA legend of the NDA come and just snatch our show away. So I appreciate <laughs> that. Appreciate that. I do not have. Um, money to fight drake's lawyers uh he'll throw the entire county jail at me so thank you for that yeah or his shooters honestly yeah i mean i'm sure there are some drake shooters out here but i feel like if i get enough single anger angry uh drake exes you know they'll protect me and they'll (laughs) they'll shoot they'll shoot back no problem you're gonna have to visit a lot of strip clubs but do I have to visit a lot though? I really don't think I have to visit a lot. I think yeah, I can just, just go down three the, cities actually. Yeah, like I could just go to Atlanta, to Houston. He he puts the songs out. We know where he be at. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Vegas. Vegas. Yeah, I was gonna say Vegas. You know, <laughs> we can just ask a couple people in each club. You know, he be in Tootsie's get his shoulder. Rubs. That's what I'm saying. So got to check out Miami. Exactly. We know where he's at, dog. Tennessee. He's got a lot of family in Tennessee, though. But true, I'm true. sure he's got some Shout haters also, and Memphis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Memphis, especially. Um, but yeah, so like rap becomes super melodic and super uh, emotional after Drake jumps in the picture. I mean, Kanye West, of course, is a huge reason for that. Uh, he, I was about to say when you first brought it up, I was going to point out 808s and heartbreak. Yeah. I feel like. In my opinion, that was the real shift, you know? What year is that coming out? 2009-ish? 8-ish? Let me look it up. Alright. Well, something like that. Um, And that, like I said, it's a huge jump. Oh, wait. Okay, oh, wait. So, yeah, huge jump. Mm -hmm. uh, Shifts the music sphere, especially hip-hop, and basically tells people that it's okay to talk about your relationships and how you're struggling in them and not act like every woman is just like this 
conquest and this throwaway thing and we can be honest and be like, yeah, like my feelings are really hurt over this relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and nobody's, I'm not gonna say nobody's gonna clown you because they definitely clown Drake right now, even being the biggest rapper in the world, pretty much. Um, but, you know, they're broke, so it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> let me see. Yeah, so, and that's not to mention the time period that rap starts employing, first of all, the samples that they've always used. It's always been a huge part of hip hop that uh, were from like, you know, hits from the 70s and 80s. Um, and then in the 90s and time period when we start uh, allowing all these R&B artists to sing on hooks, um, you know, it's it, we've always had a huge melody in rap uh, to the point where sometimes especially in the early 2000s when you were talking about ringtone rap, um, like the chorus was literally the only reason people liked the song and would listen to the song. Um, that yeah, that's just a, a point. I don't miss the ringtone days. Yeah, definitely, definitely glad those are gone. <laughs> um, I was definitely sick of like listening to a song or remember the commercials for ringtones? Like you could text a number and they'd give you a ringtone for like a dollar and some change or something. Yeah, you just like unlocked the memory. Yeah, yeah. That was like, a... yo, the flip phone ringtone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my God. Yo, the MTV commercials? Wow. Exactly. Back, exactly. That's crazy. Yeah. Shout out to Crazy Frog. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some, some of you may not remember, but like MTV was pushing uh, the military, college, or community college specifically, and ringtones. Those were the crack of the 2000s for MTV, and that's the reason they're still here right now. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, like, th- that's that's where rap, what happens to rap. It gets well, super you, loud. You on the couch. Oh my God. You're not doing shit. Come join FDCU College. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I see DC College. <laughs> Shout out to, uh, was it Romeo? Yo, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Shout out to shout out to Education Connection. Oh my God, bro. she was <laughs> relentless. Yo. Education she Connection, had at least, like three commercials in one block. I swear, she had a three sixty deal. I don't know what was going on. There. <laughs> um, definitely, yeah. Just carrying the two thousands for MTV. Uh, they played her more than they played music videos back then. So. <laughs> Let me see here. Um, yeah, so like that's where we get to. We get to where it's acceptable to be super melodic in rap. Totally fine. It's great, actually. It's great for the genre to change and, and bend and and able to blend with other genres. And that's where we are in the world anyway. Everybody's taking some stuff from somewhere else. It's no big deal. Uh, True. So, and despite Jay-Z's best efforts, we can all use auto-tune now. Yeah, did you think he was doing something? You can't fight T Pain. Like, what are you doing? You look goofy. Well, he was Hove. <laughs> he was Hove, and he, he dropped the death of attitude. He was with the death. He was with you. Wasn't with buy you a drink no more. You immediately yeah, got rid of. Yeah. I'm in love with a stripper. You immediately got Listen, rid of. Yeah. Hove had a couple points. Is all I gotta say. <laughs> he was right. <laughs> now I need to listen to Death of Attitude again to hear the argument. Um, I, I'm not gonna lie. He was spitting, and I was with him. But 
then the auto tune got too nice, and I was like, sorry, ho. And he had some yeah, nerve yeah. to actually sing on Death of Auto Tune with na 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 hey goodbye with no auto tune, and he sounded awful. No and we were like, yeah, let's put that on the radio all day and night. Um, He's old. Yeah, I mean, it's he even sang on the uh, uh, Give It to Me when he was like. Um, Oh my God! How did that song go? He's like, and I wish I never met her at all. Like exactly oh like my that. God. that. That's a carbon <laughs> copy, and we was like, that's fine. That's totally cool. Um, but yeah, like, so then eventually we get to a point where because rappers are allowed to be softer and they can sing now if they want, if they sound good enough and people like it. Um, where rappers start singing a lot about, uh, well, I'm not even going to get there. Let me back up. So we get to a point where we've heard things like pop rap because pop, I mean, rap gets so popular where it's kind of out of the underground and like some people don't just spit straight bars no more. Um, and we call it pop rap because it's just so catchy and it's not necessarily so heavy on the bars. And like a lot of people point to Drake for things like this. Which, sure, that's fair, but also he's someone who, like, a lot of people actually respect as a writer and rapper. So I think a better group to really point to, if you're wondering exactly what pop rap is, just listen to the Black Eyed Peas. I think that's... Damn. I think that's really what you're looking for when we say pop rap. Yeah. Um. So listen to some Let's Get Were It Started. Even uh, <laughs> uh, Kanye's graduation album was pretty poppy. Yeah, people do say that, but I just, I just feel like the Black Eyed Peas really encapsulates what we're thinking about. Oh, for sure. When we say 100%. pop rap, like better than I any, feel like they might be the most pop of pop rap, unless you're talking Drake. But I wouldn't even say. I mean, yes, Drake definitely has some stuff, but it's just like as a group, <laughs> and like all their stuff. Um, is like that. I remember this guy named Kev on stage calls their music like cruise music, as in when he gets on the cruise, <laughs> the DJ's playing some "Let's Get It Started," ha, um, or Damn. Some, huh, 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 like turn on the radio, listen to the radio now, nah. like that's that song's a banger though. Oh, it's hard. It's super hard. That song's a banger. Very talented. I would not have been able to make that. But that's what I think pop I rap is. <laughs> Nobody's thinking about like, you know what? Let, you know who should, we should invite to the cipher? Black Eyed Peas. Well, I am. <laughs> Apple D app. You know, Fergie. Like, they need to come to the BET Rap Award cipher. Um, I, I think, think Fergie would probably kill that, though. I feel like, yeah, she might be a sleeper. She might come out with something and be like, actually... <laughs> Actually, I think Fergie got bars on the low, bro. For real, she was hiding. I mean, she has a Will I Am sweatshop of her own, so you know, <laughs> it's it's fine. Um, but yeah, and her delicious, you know what she do. Oh yeah, like we we know who who she is out here. Ain't nobody forgot about Fergie. <laughs> you know, she took a little bit of an L with the uh, was it her who sang the national anthem at that basketball game? Wow, yeah, we ain't even got to talk about that one. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. People, like, you know, other people forget, I don't. 
<laughs> I remember you did that, and I'm gonna bring it up if you start talking a little too tough. Um, yeah, for sure. But yeah, so peop, uh, so we have pop rap, and unfortunately, like it's a lot of people kind of take it as an insult or receive it as an insult, or they mean to say it as an insult, but like, I don't think we should. I guess it's like anybody who takes themselves very seriously and declares that they are a very serious rapper and somebody throws that pop rap label on them, they get a little hurt by that. Uh, But honestly, it shouldn't be an insult. It's just just a genre of music, you know? It's If anything, it means you're... uh, pretty up there you know that means you're a popular artist that's what pop means exactly nobody um has said the dude in the cypher in the garage when people used to do that like be in parking garages and have rap battles nobody was like yeah this is pop rap and and (laughs) and was like you're gonna you know super blow up it just doesn't go like that to be pop rap you already have to be putting some numbers up there in some way shape or form so kind of a distinction, kind of a, you know what, whatever you do, regardless of how deep to the original roots of rap it is, you've, you've made it to some extent. You can't be pop rap without being kind of a major, having a major song of some sort. Yeah, I was about to say, what do you have to be to be pop rap? You have to have a billboard hit at least top 40. Yep. You have to be on the radio at all times. Yep. You have to be playing in the club. Everybody's seen your music video. Mm -hmm. That should be a goal for artists, right? Because no matter what you say and how you feel, um, Ryan Lewis got some got some dollars for a thrift shop. No matter how you feel about that song, (laughs) doesn't matter how you feel, how much you hate it. He has more money than you right now. It's just what it is. I just can't get over that Grammy Awards. He did get a Grammy Award. They, really, they yeah. robbed Kendrick. I mean, yeah, but he came back with a chip on his shoulder and got a Grammy with uh, right. with To Pimp a Butterfly. But there are tons of Grammy snubs. Like, it's fine. I mean, it's not fine, but you know, it is what it is. It's never fine. I'll never. I I hate the Grammys. You know, I I want that on wax. Oh yeah, I'm not a Grammy supporter. <laughs> I mean, that's why we have the uh, the People's Grammy on this podcast. You know what I'm saying? Like, Thanks. the Grammys will come around again, and I'll do another, you know, a second annual uh, People's Grammy <laughs> award again, reach out for some opinions, and you know what I'm saying? This will be the real Grammys. So, it's all good. We'll right all the wrongs that the white man has done to us. <laughs> all right. So, um, so yeah. So, we, we've got pop rap and rap and we've got pop punk and punk at this point that's just what it is um and it's great so my third and final question and then we'll kind of start to get into you know the whole reason i'm doing this episode is what is the missing link between rap and pop punk and why is it travis barker um Listen, I don't. Wow, there it is. Yeah, like I don't understand what Travis Barker has on the black community. I don't know if he's blackmailing us, but like it seems to be. If you want to make a pop punk song, it is mandatory to talk to uh, Travis Barker. He's got the 360 deal. 
He is who you have to go to. You don't get to go to no one else. It's Travis Barker. That's the guy. He has a monopoly on it. Yeah, he has monopoly on it. If he finds out you start playing a guitar and you're black, you'll probably get some shooters sent to your house (laughs) with a cease and desist letter (laughs) if you have not talked to him prior. Um, He's got some dirt on us, and I need to find out what it is. (laughs) But... Yeah, and I I'd have no idea what it is. My first thing, I was like, you know what? If I had to guess, it has something to do with Lil Wayne because he you know, had the whole Rebirth album and he did that huge thing with Travis uh, Barker where they had the tour for some time. And like I looked it up and um, Travis Barker was saying that he grew up on Wayne's music. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. But then I looked it up and I was like, Travis is 45. And I was like, that doesn't sound right. So then I looked up Lil Wayne and Lil <laughs> Wayne is 38. So he lied for no reason. I don't know why he did that. Cause then I had to, I did the math and I was like, Wayne came out with hot boys. That's like the earliest thing we hear about him right. in 97. And you know how old Tra- uh, Travis Barker was in 97? He was 21 years old, a grown man who okay. had already put out no. albums. Okay. Who had oh. already put out albums with Blink One Eighty Two? <laughs> he was already Hear me out though. <laughs> Hear me out though. Twenty one can still be considered growing up for sure. No, it cannot. I will say. What do you mean, bro? I know you can listen to stuff and um and change and stuff and you're, you're still kind of like college age kind of about to get out of school and whatnot but we all know when you say oh i grew up listening to wayne or i grew up listening to whatever and you're 21 nobody that doesn't count you're past that at this when point when did he say it though when did he say it yeah oh he said like it. what age was he when he said it oh it was like in his 40s for sure come on dog well, when we're 40, we're going to look back at our 20s like we were growing up, bro, for sure. <sighs> like, yes, I know you were still developing and you're always developing as a person, but I will not let you say you were growing up on Wayne <laughs> and Wayne is younger than you and you were already 21 with albums under your belt. I'm just not going to let you say that. I'll let you say you're a fan of him bro, all all you want to. <laughs> I'll let you say that. The way my... The way my 30-year-old brother talks about his 20s, you would think he looks back on it like he was a kid. So I'm I'm here for what Travis said. Well, y- y'all can let him cap all you want to. I'm not going to let nobody cap <laughs> on my show. That's all good. <laughs> um, so, you know, I just had to put that out there. And I was very frustrated that he said that. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> but like. He's worked with an insane number of artists in the hip hop community and not like necessarily just doing these pop punk crossovers that we're, we've seen a lot of from him and a lot of uh, modern artists. And what I mean by that, like artists who came out maybe in the last five years or so. Um, but like I looked it up and he's worked with Method Man, Machine Gun Kelly, Housie, Lil Wayne, and then, you know, in these more modern artists. Lil Nas X, Willow Smith, Young Thug, which Young Thug will come back again, O3 Greedo, Trippy Red, and the Suicide Boys, as well as some other classics like T.I., Too Short, Chris Brown, Pimp C, and Bun B. Also Triple X. Triple X. And on his 
I think it was his first uh, debut album, like his solo album where he's kind of just being the producer and he's doing a lot of live kind of live drums on it and working with a bunch of rappers called uh, Give the Drummer Some. This isn't everybody on there, but it's it, it's like a fraction. You've got Rick Ross, Swizz Beats, Lupe Fiasco, Pharrell, Rizzo, Raquan, and Snoop Dogg. Like, like just an insane number of like not just people, but like legends who are on your debut album. I mean, he'd been around for two decades at that point because I think this came out in 2011, and you know he came out in the 90s, but still insane uh number of people to have on any album that you are the kind of the sole producer of so shout out to him man um he's a great drummer yeah yeah i mean that's just what it is yeah so he he's a drummer first and then he becomes a producer because he said that growing up he just listened to all these when he was actually growing up not when he was 21 um he he was into like you gotta let it go (laughs) he was into all these i literally wrote down like artists he actually grew up on and it's prince Jimi hendrix uh sting of the police led zeppelin beastie boys run dmc public enemy a tribe called quest whole bunch of different people he also listened to a bunch of jazz um artists like he was very very so he was never just a, a pop punk guy or a rock guy he always listened to a lot of stuff, but when you come out in the '90s in a pop punk band, people are gonna think, "Oh, that's all you do," because we weren't really genre bending like we are today, where it's like you can't really say anything is one genre because it's just so many different things that we're pulling from at this point. Mm-hmm. And we have the internet, so you have like way more access to different types of music and the ability to know way more for ten dollars a month. You know what I'm saying? Versus thousands of dollars in albums. So, um, just a, a different world, right? So, now yeah, that we've got all of that out of the way, just to give a, a brief history lesson and a brief explanation for how these two things came to become come together as one, Travis Barker is kind of the reason why so many kids right now and in the rap sphere and and black kids are into versions of pop punk they might they might not be listening to you know more traditional acts but they're definitely listening to pop punk because that's what's ruling a lot of the rap sphere right now because um you know some these black kids who might have been like a little more alternative when they were growing up who are into Blink-182, Sum 41, Good Charlotte, whoever, I mean, so many bands that you can name, um, decided they wanted to make their own stuff and not follow the regular path of like, let me just rapidly rap. I want to kind of sing too. Um, so that's why representation is so important <laughs> because sure. you get cool stuff like this, uh, cool songs and groups like I'm about to like I'm about to mention um, with different stories that we haven't seen necessarily in the genre before. Uh, So the reason this podcast episode even exists is young thug comes out with punk. Um, Amazing album. Yeah. This album that he finally just not finally, because he did it on um, 
Beautiful Time Thugger Girls. Oh, my bad. No, you're good. Because I'm going to bring I'm going to bring that up, but um, <laughs> he did it on Beautiful Th- Beautiful Thugger Girls, right? He did a lot of guitar stuff on there, I think. Um, but yeah, like my, and I actually find out about this because my dad sends me the tiny desk for Young Thugs Punk. And I was like, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad is really like with it, dog. <laughs> um, he's super down with that stuff. He sends me. Most of the time when I find out about a new Tiny Desk, it's because of him. He sent it to me because I put him on the Tiny Desk. And now he just sees all these artists all the time. And he sent me Young Thug's Tiny Desk. <laughs> um, shout out to dad. Shout out to the original yeah, Troy. Lit. Yeah, like I was super hyped because I actually really liked that episode a lot. Um, I was cutting the grass when I was listening to it. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, he comes out with punk, which I hear it on this tiny desk, and it's all these, you know, pop punk sounds, guitar sounds, um, and it's with in collaboration with Travis Barker because we all know that you have to sign a deal with the devil when you start doing pop punk when you're black, and it's Travis Barker. That's just what you got to do, <laughs> um, and it's really good. I mean, it's it's great stuff. Uh, yeah, I just I don't really know. He does have some like more traditional rap stuff on the album as well. But those first couple tracks, which were pretty much the song that he did when he did the, uh, um, the time desk performance. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're great. And he does them so close to the, like he did them so close to what they sound like in the studio that I almost thought it was the same recording from Just the time yeah 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 it might might because even it might be even when he tells the story of like uh there's one song where he's like yeah you know my mom got in a fight or some kind of altercation and ends up getting hit by a car and uh then she has a stroke and then he just ends it with she's straight though she she right though yeah. <laughs> um, uh it's like I, how you how you manage to tell a story so close to the original like and just get it in time i don't know that's that's genius level stuff you've definitely practiced it but it also just might be an exact rip um i was about to say his engineer might have just worked some magic yeah i mean tiny desk their sound is another level anyway um shout out to them i would love to learn that skill Big shout out. <laughs> um but yeah so you got die slow, stressed, stressed with J Cole. A lot of people were uh, hating on J Cole's verse. For what do you mean? I didn't know that, but I was like, I thought it was hard. I thought it was cool. I thought it was super hard, bro. I, I thought J Cole came in crazy. Yeah, it's the gas talking, pistol talking dude on your street. Reference that to might just be Boosie. That might just be NC bias, bro. Maybe, but I'm not, like I'm not even a like a huge Cole fan like that. So I don't, I don't think so. Even though, I mean, yeah, he's definitely deep in NC. I forget that I like was living in North Carolina. So like people were in love with Cole there. And I was like, is this how like Cole fans just are everywhere? Probably not. I mean, sure. But also I was living in the heart of, you know, where he from. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, but 
I thought it was hard. He's got stupid asking on there. Recognize real with Gunna. Like it was a super dope album that he starts mixing uh, this pop punk stuff. And I hope that he does one where it's just like just that. It. I mean, I would love something like that. Yeah, I feel like that would be a really good sound to it. Uh, but even like the more traditional rap songs, like "Peeping Out the Window" and "Rich Nigga Shit," like yo, those were so banging too. Uh, yeah, I, I needed a little out. bit of that in the middle, you know, get a little break. Yeah, I saw you tweet out like "Peeping in my window." Uh, but yeah, I mean, Thug is uh, a genius who's never been kind of allowed himself to be contained by uh, silly lines like genre and the way he's twisted his voice, even in just his raps anyway, was so melodic and like weird and strange that it made perfect sense for him to be like, you know what, I'm going to do a pop punk album or something that's just totally not hip hop because I could do that and my fans are going to mess with it. Like he could definitely do that. No problem. And it'd probably be fine. And he's got such a high music output anyway that, you know, this could, uh, even if it didn't do well per se, like, it would matter. He'd be putting out a new album in a week anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, someone else I want to mention before I get into some more modern stuff is a group called Death and an album called for the world to see, which I actually sent to Gordon just to like, cause I know he probably hadn't heard of it. Um, but they were a black punk group. Some people think definitely like one of the first punk groups period, like regardless of race or whatever, they were just a punk group and for the world to see, I found in high school, I kind of don't remember how, I think it was one of those things with the YouTube algorithm and they were just like, you know, YouTube will just keep bothering you with a record like they just won't let you not listen to it. Like it would always be in your related. Yeah. Yeah. Every time you open it, every time you click on another video, even on like unrelated videos, it's just in the up next. Yeah. Like it's just there and they would not, I think it's, that's what happened. They just would not let me, you know what I'm saying? Would not let me live. They made me listen to it. Either that, or I might've saw some sort of, um, like article that was talking about this band because I think at the time this album had just been released. Like it was originally recorded in the seventies, but it was never actually released. And there was this big documentary talking about kind of how they came to be and who they are. And they were um, mostly notable, notable because they were black and it just wasn't something that we saw black people do a whole lot of. Uh, and even there, there are some, And maybe this is just because they no no it's not just me because they said they were originally a funk band and then just decided to start playing punk at some, for some reason <laughs> and like you can hear some of those funk influences on some of the tracks on there because it's like some really funky bass lines that are going on which is exactly I mean that's all funk is, is a bass line and a drum right <laughs> pretty much yeah. Um, yeah and they they dropped. Uh, my favorite song on there, or at least one of my one of my favorites, is uh, "Where Do We Go From Here," and it's so funny because like black people have a certain way that they sing a lot of times that um, you're just like, oh yeah, this is a black dude singing this. Like, <laughs> 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 I don't know what it is. Um, 
But yeah, it was just like I was listening to it. And maybe I didn't even know they were black at first, but I was like, are these guys black? <laughs> and um, sure enough, they were. And definitely a band that I suggest anybody try out because it was just super cool stuff. Did you did you have any thoughts on them when I sent it to you? Because I know you had never heard it before. I was just really shocked when I tapped on the artist's name to check out the rest of their profile, and I saw three older black gentlemen. <laughs> Three I was in shock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, well, you know, I like the I like the records. Uh, I think they sound good, but I'm into that, you know. Yeah, yeah, and and even researching into this um, has made me be like, you know what? I need to check out more punk stuff. I was never a big punk guy specifically. I liked a lot of thrash metal when I was growing up. I think middle school is when that hit me. Um, mm-hmm. so it's like, did everybody go, go through that metal phase in middle school? You're angry. You know what I'm saying? You're a kid. You have no <laughs> rights. You have no car. You can't go nowhere. You have no money cause you're not old enough to work, but you, you know what I'm saying? And you're going through puberty. So maybe, maybe possibly every single person has that phase with like, you know what? Fair I'm just going to thrash out to this. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like jumping to punk wasn't some huge jump for me. Because I already liked, you know, rock, metal, whatever. So it's no problem. Um, but definitely down to get deeper into punk and for sure will after this, especially with all these crossovers that they've been hitting people with. Uh, okay, so I'm trying to decide what's more appropriate. Uh, I'll I'll go with Willow Smith first. Um, okay. Yeah, so Willow Smith... Again, signs a deal with the devil himself, uh, Travis Barker, and says, you know what? Let me make a a, a punk album or pop punk with Tra- Travis Barker, which I was like very excited for when I heard that first single, um, uh, Transparency or Transparent. Transparent Soul. Transparent Soul. Thank you for, mm-hmm. for that. Yeah, you're totally right on that. Um, I... I don't know, man. That was a shock. Like, just a, not really a shock, but it was like, oh, you know, heard nothing from Willow Smith specifically since whipped my hair back and forth in whatever year that came out. Um, I think it was like 2010. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking somewhere in that space, but that's all we know about Willow, um, Willow Smith at the time. That's literally it. She does that and then just kind of drops off the face of the earth. Um, Yeah. And then just comes back. Well, I I can't even say drops off the face of the earth, you know, comes back though. After like just kind of finding herself stressing about a lot of stuff from being kind of different and alternative. And, you know, I guess you can say a lot of things about Will Smith uh, and, Jada Pinkett Smith, we're not going to go into the dumpster fire that is their relationship on social media. But what we will say is (laughs) um, shout out to them for letting their kids just kind of be whatever they want and do whatever they want as strange or as different as it may have been, especially not just as people, but like strange and different from like the traditional like this is what black people do thing. Um, because then we get cool stuff like this. 
which is uh, her album. Um, oh, what was it? Lately, I feel everything. Uh, which is just super cool. And she has a, an album with, I think it's her boyfriend. Loki, I thought it was just another like Smith brother that I didn't know about or the older one. But, but <laughs> it's third Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is. There is a third Smith. He, there is an older brother. But I thought it was him for a minute because I don't really know what he looks like. Cause just to, really, this is just a light skinned black dude. That's literally it. Um, and I think it's her boyfriend. But uh, they have an album called The Anxiety that came out actually the year before Lately I Feel Everything. And it's also very, very good. Yeah. Yeah. They've got a song on there called Fight Club. Yeah. Definitely take a listen to that. They got a song on there called Fight Club that I'm really into. Um, But yeah, Lately I Feel Everything with Transparent Soul. That hit Twitter and uh, low-key smacked the black community like crack in the 80s. Um, (laughs) Yeah. You know, it, it was just very good. The whole transparency. He's a snake just like you. He's a fake just <laughs> like you. You know, it was like cool. We don't get to see uh, black female rock stars like that ever. Um, or at least we don't get to see them celebrated, you know. So I'm, I'm very happy that people responded to that so positively. Yeah, for sure. I definitely wasn't expecting that, but I'm also definitely glad it wasn't another whip my hair back and forth. I thought it was going to be part two. <laughs> Ten so years it was later, very now? refreshing to hear, bro. We've seen crazier in the music industry for sure, no doubt about it. So it was very refreshing to hit play and hear that instead. That was great. Yeah, I was excited immediately when it, I was like, "Oh, let's see, like what the album sounds like then." Um, and you know, even though Travis Scott, I mean, Travis Barker is clearly blackmailing the black community. I do get excited (laughs) when I see that he's paired up with another artist. I mean, it's another soul that we've lost. So like, I'm sorry, but, um, definitely glad to see, uh, whenever I see someone who like teams up with him, I'm like, oh, we're going to get a new pop punk release. All right. Um, let me think. There's something else. Oh, yeah. Gene Dawson is someone that I found. Shout out to the Needle Drop. Um, someone I found solely because of him. And I don't remember. I mean, I just looked at the little uh, review that he had. And I said, you know what? I'm going to check him out for whatever reason. Don't know why. Um, but I checked it out. And I mean, he's got some real bangers on his album, Pixel Bath. I'm hoping he comes out with something else. Uh in the mean, I mean, sometime soon, I guess. But it's like a really dope. It's not uh, only pop punk, I think, but it was really dope to see that kind of representation there. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. That devilish song is a banger. Yeah, yeah. First track, I think. Um, yeah, it's the very first track on the album. Yeah, definitely. And like, I think one of the things that stood out to me besides it just being pop punk, but like there are some things that are specifically black on there uh, on the album. I think there's a point where he talks about like he was either trying not to join the Crips or um, <laughs> like something like that. Or he's there's one part where he's also talking about like he got jumped somewhere. Um, and I'm just like, yeah, like this is. This is the story that we don't get to see in 
pop punk because those are like very black experiences. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely. And we get to hear the N word, which is something that you know we shouldn't see in pop punk. Don't don't just start putting it in there just cause. <laughs> but <laughs> but if you have the proper qualifications, then it's great to see it in there. Just make sure you keep your pies on deck just in case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might get a little confused with the electric guitars in the back. Yeah. <laughs> Looking at you, Mario Judah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, like, I wanted to mention him, actually, but I haven't seen anything new in a while. Is he still? I remember you were talking about, you were like, he's definitely an industry plant. Like, no doubt about it. It was a failed industry plan, in my opinion. No offense to Mario Judo if you're not. And if you're listening to this, please don't get your label to take us down. Um, but sorry, bud. It's just what I see. Yeah, dog. Like, what is it with you? Every time you come up here, you say something where you're like, we might we might not make it this time. <laughs> um, first, <laughs> At least I haven't gotten us canceled yet. You haven't gotten us canceled and I mean, and I act like I can't edit stuff out after I do it. This is not a live show in any <laughs> yeah, means, but I'm like, I'm going to put it out. And if they want to do something like, then we can do it. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, he had a release in 2020. Like it's only been, you know, a year, but I just haven't heard his name in a little bit. Um, After that whole Playboy Cardi leaking a whole lot of red type shit, and then a whole lot of red actually came out, yeah, people stopped mentioning him. But why? Because he actually did do a cool little. It wasn't bad. It was pretty good from what I remember. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe it was because he was just too weird. Like. I mean, Playboy Cardi is kind of strange too, though. But I can't think of any interviews. Playboy Cardi is strange, but Playboy Cardi is also a gang member. Ah, that's all I have to say about that. There you go. I mean, he's he's solidified. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I hope to see. I'm gonna go into some some more Mario Judah after this, and I'll reserve my judgment for if I want to see more of him or not. <laughs> Let me know what you think. I don't think I'm gonna dive back in. Once again, no offense, Mario. Y'all, please don't take this show down. (laughs) So. And also, if you happen to be at the next Rolling Loud, please don't slap me. Sheesh. Sheesh. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, you be at at the shows with these (laughs) artists. You are becoming more and more accessible to them. And you're talking real spicy up here. Yeah, that's... (laughs) That's the craziest part. Like, I actually see these names. That is actually hilarious to me. Because you are not <laughs> just like, you're acting like you're a regular dude and you're not anymore. <laughs> you are very yeah, I much. I sent out a tweet when I was at Royal Law, Miami. I was like, damn, I really hope I was sitting in this artist lounge and I really hope these niggas don't realize I'm the nigga who be talking shit about them on Twitter. You most definitely <laughs> did. And I thought that was hilarious because you're definitely like sitting on the couch backstage right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's not even them you have to worry about. Like, let's say it was an artist that you weren't necessarily worried about physically. Like, it's their bodyguards. <laughs> like, yeah. you don't have to worry, worry about, about them. The shooters, for sure. <laughs> worry about the shooters, bro. <laughs> worry about the shooters on salary, not just on 
you know, like yeah. loyalty. These are salaried shooters who have insurance. So like it's shooters like, that have shot before, allegedly. That's what I'm saying. Like you <laughs> are in the worst predicament to be talking about them <laughs> because you know what I'm saying, something can happen to you and it's covered by insurance. Like, do you want your murder to be covered by insurance, dog? <laughs> Is that what you're on right now? Listen, bro, there there are no guns on rollout property. There are like four levels of security you have to go through. I feel pretty safe. I don't know, dog. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> people say stuff all the time. Clubs have security all the time. But we all know it's many a club show. No, no bro, rollout security is tighter than the airport. I promise. The airport ain't even that tight for real, if we being honest. Yo. I felt violated going through that security, son. I ain't even gonna hold you. That's true, though. It's a lot of money on the line if there's like some event that happens at any big festival, because now people are scared to come and you lose uh, on a lot of revenue. So I'm sure they're like, yeah, we're making sure nobody's bringing nothing in here um, that's going to be like Rolling Loud is not safe to go to anymore or whatever the festival might be. Yeah, that wasn't going down, especially not in New York. Hmm. Yeah. New York already had, you know what I'm saying, their huge uh, terrorist activity. They're not trying to have another one. Let me see here. Yeah, so like, I don't know. One of the, I think, kind of more uh, prevalent artists in the pop punk sound is uh, Trippy Red. Um. And even when I first heard him, when he was not necessarily doing pop punk, like he was, I guess, considered a rapper or trap artist, like he was singing on those, though. Like very much long way I've always, I've always kind of considered Trippy to be more of a punk rap type artist. Mm-hmm. Um, especially back, like, back when he supposedly signed to Travis Scott's Cactus Jack records, even though now we know that was just kind of a one-off deal for Dark Knight Dumbo. Uh, even back then, like, I, I always thought of him as being kind of in that sphere, kind of the same way, like, as Travis. Like, they're, they're hip-hop, mm-hmm. but those boys are rock stars, man. Like, at, at their shows, they go crazy. For sure. Um, yeah, Trippy Red, because he came... Like directly after some people who were already messing with that sound. I think X was here first. I'm trying to think of the artist. X and Trippy were um, around the same time. Okay. I think they may have collabed. I wouldn't be surprised. I think he. I might have to look into that. Yeah. And I'm wondering think... if it's. Yeah, they did. They did. Because um, I was at Trippy's set at Rolling Loud, actually. And mm-hmm. he did a little tribute to him. Um, what song did they do? Was it Fuck Love? That might be right. Um, I can't tell. Was that posthumous though, or was that? Um, no, I think he was still alive. Okay. All right. Well, I feel like Trippy Red came, like there were some artists who came out f- first, and then he came out yeah. shortly after. Like, And it was like, oh, this guy's a direct descendant of, maybe I'm thinking of Uzi. Maybe I'm thinking of Uzi. Like Lil Uzi was already a rock star first. For um, sure. I think he was For one sure. of those yeah, like, Uzi. first guys who came out with 
like because it was a slew of them that came out all at the same time but i feel like uzi was one where because it's 20 is it 2016 the uzi's out 2015? I mean, 20, Uzi was out before 2016, but that's when he pops. Yeah, so I feel like he was, you know, one of the guy, one of the first guys who comes out with the wild hair color, um, and is not like traditional, straight up. I don't even want to say traditional because rap then wasn't traditional anymore. But he was doing something different, where it was like, I'm a rock star, and I'm gonna surf the crowd when I, you know, um. When I jump on stage, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna do high stage dives, dangerous shit, yeah. rage, you know, rock star shit. Yeah, wasn't he the? Was he the first kind of like rapper who was like talking about rage stuff? Obviously, like I Travis does so. that a ton, but I feel like because he had love the well, rage. yeah, he has love is rage yeah. and love is rage two, love is rage one point five, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think him and Travis were kind of the the front men of the rage scene in hip hop. Yeah, they definitely came out about the same time. Playboy Cardi as well. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, but yeah, those were the guys who came out, and I think after that, then I was like, oh, you know, this trippy red guy is a direct descendant of Lil Uzi, like because he comes out with red hair. You know what I'm saying? He's doing the Loud crooning, loud singing, like whales on here. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think at first, sometimes it's hard for me to just like, I hear a sound or a new sound and like I'm immediately into it. Usually, like for the last little bit, all this, this huge melodic shift in rap was like really difficult for me to adjust to. And sometimes it just takes, I don't know, a certain perspective or some event or something for you to like be like, okay, this is cool. Like I'm with it. But I'm usually like way behind the curve on that. Like I understand that a lot of people like it. It's just not for me at the time. Uh, but mm. Trippy Red is one of those guys um, where I like didn't like it at first, and I didn't just like hate on him or nothing. I was just like, eh, whatever, it's not for me. But now doing all this research, going back, and there were some tracks that I heard that I definitely enjoyed. I'm like, oh yeah, like Trippy Red is super dope, especially on his collaboration with Trav. Uh, Travis Barker called Neon yes, Shark, Neon Shark. Uh, very good. Extremely long. Like I was listening to some of it to prepare for this podcast just to be aware of some stuff. And I was like, listen to it. I was like, okay, cool. Like, you know, probably should be all done. And then I like keep scrolling to see like where the track list is. I was like, yo, there's like 35 songs on here. I'm not listening to all, like not right now in one go. Like, yeah, it's definitely a turn on, turn off, turn on, go do something else. Yeah. Maybe wait a little bit, come back to it. And it's for like, sure. It's forty songs. Oh my god. Um It's ridiculous. Yeah. And the only person I'm listening to forty songs from is Chris Brown. Really? You listen to those movies that he put out? No, I didn't. Okay. All right. <laughs> 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 I thought you was go. I was for sure you was gonna say Kanye. Like no doubt in my mind, death beam on the earth. Say Kanye. No, you I said Chris to a Brown. Song album from anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Man said Chris Breezy. All right, <laughs> but yeah, like 
I was listening to it. He's actually got some very interesting features on here. Now I'm looking to it. I didn't get to yeah. all of them, but like Sean Kingston's on here. Um, That's wild. Yes, yeah, super wild. Sean Kingston's on here, and then another one that shocked me was Party Next Door was on here. That's less wild. Yeah, it's not like you know as wild, but like I was not expecting it, and it was. I mean, Party Next Door does the thing. Like it's it's good. I don't think. On a feature, Part X Door is generally going to do a pretty darn good job. Um, For sure. Without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and he's got some, he's got Scar Lord on here, which like makes a lot of sense. I kind of forgot about Scar Lord. Um, he's, I mean, he's kind of that guy if we're talking about pop punk rap crossover. For sure. For sure. I just don't have a well, ton trippy, of Trippy, like he leans more to the rock side when you think about it, other than this last album that he dropped where it's all just rage hip hop beats, mm-hmm. hella sense and heavy eight oh eights and shit. Usually Trippy he is like more of a kind of rock kind of like guy. No, no for sure like no doubt about it, for sure I believe that I believe that all the way. Because he's always been wailing on this stuff. Um and, and one thing I want to bring up is like when we talk about that rap getting more emotional thing and mm-hmm. pop punk in general, a lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times they talk about a lot of like relationship issues specifically. Like there's always some girl who's involved in a lot of these songs that we listen to and like listening to mm-hmm. Neon Shark um, through like the first half or at least first leg, because I'm not even sure if I made, I listened to a lot of it, but the first leg of it, it was like, a lot of songs, almost all songs that are like, there's some woman involved in here at some point, And I'm like heartbroken over this woman not being here anymore with me. Um, and I think that is just the ability to be more like vulnerable about that kind of stuff is the reason we can even have this like pop punk crossover with a lot of these artists. Um, Juice World with uh, Lucid Dreams. Like rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace. Like not a, it's a rap song in the sense of, I mean, it's got eight oh eights on it, I guess you know. But like that is, yeah. uh, I don't, uh, I'm not sure. If, pop if I had to genre lucid dreams, I would put it in pop punk. It's definitely like the vocals are straight of pop a, punk. It's like that's all I can it's say. It's like a sure. follow boy song with eight oh eights. Yeah. I mean, it literally is. And I was listening to it earlier today just to kind of remind myself. And it, uh, you know, somebody made like a pop punk thing where they put straight guitars on it. But like the vocals have always been straight up pop punk. Like it's crazy listening to uh, traditionally hip hop and R&B stations and then hearing Lucid Dreams when that first came out. Because I'm like, what? You know, this is not. It's got 808s on it. That's the only reason it's on this station right now. Like literally, it. Hey, that be bumps though. Yeah, I mean, you know, and he's got the sample of kind of this vocal clip of the woman yelling or something. Um, yeah, we love yeah. it when the old work is on the voicemail. <laughs> Yo, I told people a long time ago. Just a quick diversion. Stop calling Drake and definitely stop leaving messages because he records every single phone call y'all have. He's the feds. <laughs> And uh, anybody who goes to jail who's in his camp should be suspect that it had something to do with him putting some vocal without your knowledge on some song he did. 
<laughs> somewhere. Somewhere. No, for sure. For sure. There's some damning evidence on a Drake song somewhere out there. And a lot a lot of people in his camp should be very concerned. Looking at you back and not nice. That was my first thought. Every single <laughs> uh fel uh person who has a felony, every single felon on his <laughs> label should be gravely concerned whenever he drops in I can't song. tell you how many times Drake has mentioned one of his shooters by name on a track like, that's like no his fear. favorite thing to do it's like <laughs> his favorite thing is to mention this kind of like uh, to a lot of people faceless person who is a supposed shooter uh, for Drake like he says Baca's name on I wish I could know exactly what song but I know he said it in the past, he talking about, multiple songs. Talking about like, oh yeah, like we need to try to get Baca to whatever uh, country or state. You know, when you, you know, when you're found, you don't get to leave no more. Stop saying that. Stop <laughs> telling people because they're waiting for you at the uh, at the border. We're like, yeah, we heard on this new track, like they're they're trying to get Drake through here. So if he's if he's coming, like we're gonna get some, you know, we're we're gonna get some. Uh, some some heads today. We're gonna we're gonna bag some people down today. Should be getting a raise. Like, when is Drake gonna realize that all of his phones are tapped? It's not. They're not tapped. That's the thing. He just drops every conversation he has on Spotify. <laughs> they're not even tapped. <laughs> they didn't need to do He's it. Doing the fence work for him. <laughs> he is. You know that. Uh, is it Drew? Yeah, that Drewski's kid where he's always like. The fans are sitting here just listening to hip hop song like that. Drake yeah. is the poster child for them, cause he be telling, he be telling all the time. He be telling on himself, telling on himself, telling on his friends. It's clearly uh, a sport for him. Like you know, he can't play basketball very well. We know that, but if it's one thing we know he can do, he can snitch. He can take it home with the snitch boy, the dry snitching. Oh yeah, that is him all oh, my day. God. Drake should be a DA. Drake should be a DA is a I guess my first thought is like Law and Order, and they say like, "Oh, let's bring out the the DA," and Drake is acting on there as a DA. Can we get a Law and Order episode with Drake as a DA, please? And thank you. Um, Hashtag amazing. Let's get Drake on Law and Order. Hashtag Drake. Please don't get this show taken down. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag, it's but if you do, joking. I'll accept it if you agree to be a DA on Law and Order and you make it happen. <laughs> and then I'll just make another show. So, you know, it's whatever. Like, Fair enough. I don't even say the name of this show that much. <laughs> so, yeah, like that's those, some of those people are like super uh, huge in the pop punk sphere and definitely i don't know deserve something they're not going to get the credit that they deserve but they deserve something for like getting this crazy blend here travis barker for sure i don't know what we would give him or recognize him as and like people in the industry know but i feel like people walking around don't think about it that much um but maybe that's just me i don't know plus travis scott 
Travis Scott is Plus Travis Scott, both the Travis. Yeah, I was fighting hard not to say Travis Scott every time I wanted to say Travis Barker, but um, yeah, I want I need you to put a little thing in the bio, like before or when you post the show up, to just to let everybody know that the beginning of the episode starts the drinking game, and they need to take a drink every time you say Travis Barker. Yeah. For sure. Um, <laughs> you know, you might kill yourself. Let me know if you make it out alive. But also, you know, don't send no uh, subpoena here to get this show taken down. You're an adult. And you can make your own decisions. It's not my fault. Yeah, <laughs> drink responsibly. Drink responsibly. Uh, also, if anybody trying to sponsor the show, you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to say no liquor names on here because y'all need to give me a check first. Um, that's facts. That's facts. Um, no free promo no free promo uh, but yeah, yeah like tra- Travis Scott was like kind of the reawakening of this like super rage uh, movement but in hip hop specifically like of course it never ended in things like the Warped Tour and all these bands who were already pop punk or punk or rock or whatever but Travis Scott is like this bridge that connects and low key Kid Cudi also oh for sure yeah for sure not even low key yeah yeah yeah. it's just it's 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 so hard to keep up with it because it's so many influences that people pull from um doesn't king cuddy have a rock album bro yeah speeding bullet to heaven there might be another rock album i i can't remember i i didn't listen to it yeah that's a rock album okay okay um but yeah he um but in this sense travis scott brings the super rage because, you know, he's got kind of more aggressive sounding stuff than Kid Cudi traditionally does, you know. Uh, For sure. People aren't, like, raging to MGMT, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, Travis Scott's coming out here and he's screaming rage. Like, and it, it's lit. Like, uh, what was it? Because uh, you were actually the one who put me on to Travis with... Um, Listen, bro. I knew what time it was with Travis when he got arrested for inciting a riot at one of his shows. Oh, yeah. And, like, now you're a legend. I knew he was a real one. Now you're a legend. You know what I'm saying? Like, when does that ever happen at a hip-hop show? That's crazy. Mm, That's true. That's, like, the most rock star shit of all rock star shits. Yeah, you can't really call yourself a rock star until someone is, like, arrested or the police come and they're trying to bring the charge specifically like to incite a riot or like loud and disorderly, like something in that vein. Um, Bro's got fans jumping on balconies, breaking their legs, going crazy at his concerts, bro. Yeah. And if you live after you break your leg at the concert, like now you're, you're, you're super hard. You live as a legend. Yeah. I broke my leg at the Travis Scott concert because I jumped off the roof. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you said, it ain't a mosh pit if there ain't no injuries. Yeah. I believe in that wholeheartedly. Like, that's hard. That's hard. Um, needs to be a casualty somewhere. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, Travis Scott is a very strange enigma. It's Antidote. Antidote is a song that you, you really... That's where I first popped out. Because that was like his huge song that really made him skyrocket. Uh, I remember all those nights at the... Uh, you remember the uh, bonfire or the pit? Oh yeah, 
Yeah. Like, shout out to the fire pit. Shout out to the, shout fire, out to pit. the fire pit boys, wherever y'all are. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is definitely where you put me on to Travis. And I like heard that. I was like, yo, this is like, this is cool. What is this? And, and you know, his name is Travis Scott, which is such a like regular person name. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then, and, and he, you know, that's his stage name, but like, that's not his, his real name is like Jacques or something or. Jack. Yes, that's why I got uh, Jack. Jack Webster. Yeah, like, but it could have like Travis Scott could have easily been Jock Webster, and it would have made it like it's the same level of oh this is yeah a, literally the same you know what I'm saying <laughs> um, but whatever like he chooses that to be his rock star name and I think it's very cool once you become like who you are now even when it was a super regular name before now that name means something. Uh, like people who were like that for me, like Kendrick Lamar did the exact same thing where I was like, Kendrick Lamar, like, like, what is that? And now when you first heard of him and now it's like, oh, it carries all this weight because like of what he's done, like his name isn't super flashy. Travis Scott is not a super flashy name, but now I only associate that with like, we're raging right now. Oh yeah. You know, that's a rock star. And I think that's super cool how your name can uh, change in value or change in the weight that it has. Mm -hmm after just like what you've done super crazy i mean bro and he's done so much bro i mean even before he was popping in the industry you know he was producing for kanye i think if i'm not mistaken he produced most of cruel summer which explains a lot about that album and what it sounds like interesting i did not if that is true i did not know that but from what i remember about cruel summer that does make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. That makes a ton of sense. I'm trying to look that album back up, but there's all these other. He's like, definitely credited as a producer at Live Songs. Interesting. Hmm. 2012, and then he doesn't pop till 2016. At least not as like was, his super pop. He definitely had his tapes out, but you know. He was in the Good Music Sweatshop, bro. Oh, man. It's a serious mm-hmm. sweatshop. He was signed to them for a time, I believe. As a producer, though. Not as a record. Yeah. Shoot, Good Music Sweatshop is serious. Kanye West said, don't talk to me no more. Go follow God. Is Designer okay? Oh, my God. No, he's not okay. We don't even know where he <laughs> is. Designer has been missing, <laughs> and nobody put out a missing persons report. Uh, that's a shame. I think Future took him out. Sheesh. Future shooters, allegedly, man? allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. Yo, you gotta stop making these crazy claims. Like we don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. we have yeah, can you bleep that name out. Actually, <laughs> we have no, uh, no lawyer, no legal support. We can't do a yo contact legal like that. It's just me. You are putting all these shooters on my back, bro. Like I don't know what you think I have going on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not bleeping nothing though. Like I'm just not. I'm not editing this after. I'm dropping it how You're it doing is. It to yourself. I'm not doing anything. You did it, and I just refuse to edit. <laughs> allegedly, 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 <laughs> allegedly. Future is future, and all of these niggas have never committed any crimes in their lives. Yeah, and neither have we. Super clean slate, boys. That's what I'm about. Um, but yeah, you know, like, 
I don't know. I think the mixture of pop punk and hip hop is beautiful. And it's really insane how we've gotten here considering where both genres started out, you know, 40, 50 years ago now uh, to where they're so blended that we're not even sure if we can call one pop, uh, you know, punk or one rap. Uh, just an insane thing to really think about and super cool how that works and how time works nobody knew it would be like this in a million years ever yeah but back when niggas were in clubs playing the saxophone and shit nobody thought people were going to be scratching vinyl either so oh for sure no but just the evolution of music in i mean a very short amount of time honestly of how each link gets to each piece um it's kind of crazy how how fast it moves. Um, My question is how long until it gets swallowed up by EDM? It's coming. No, it's, yeah, they're they're coming. I don't know, man. EDM is humongous, and it's been big for quite some time. Uh, just the addition of the 808s in, in hip-hop, like, from trap, because that's kind of a style of EDM, you know? Um... I don't know. It's a it's a scary thought to think EDM may be the next big wave of like everything that we're doing, but it's I mean it already is. Like we're all using all these, you know, 808s and stuff anyway and hi-hats mm-hmm. anyway. Um, sense. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean it is. Like EDM is in everything. I just don't know what would turn these things into like <clears throat> EDM. We already have rappers who do EDM songs because they know the money. I was about to say, we already have collabs. Yeah. Roddy Rich has an EDM song. Yeah. I think Pusha T's on some EDM stuff. Um, Yeah. yeah. Rick Ross. Yeah. Rick Ross. So, I mean, it already is. It's already here. It's just not. uh, It hasn't just swallowed it up where it's like, this is an EDM song with a guy rapping over it, I guess. I, you know, because it's already like we're using those sounds. So I, it's going to be hard to be like, oh, you know, EDM is in everything now. And we're just going to call that pop punk EDM. I mean, well, EDM already took over pop. Like every pop song is an EDM song now, pretty much. Yeah, it's been like that for or at a least while. it has an EDM type hook. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's a difficult question that only time will answer. Um, that might have to be another episode. Yeah, I might have to look into that. Because I'm not a big EDM guy. But, I mean, I definitely... There's no denying that it's this force that has been bubbling. Uh, oh, it's here. Yeah, I mean, it's here. And it's, like, already in our face. It's the soda can that we tried to open and has already just, like, sprayed out a little bit. But we just haven't actually popped the tab. Um Sure, Travis Scott has an EDM song. We collab with Major Lazer. Major Lazer is also one of those people who's like everywhere. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's. I think it's still the only reason I say it's not like here. I suppose is like there are still certain sections and sectors of music where people are like they don't hear that at all because you know they're not into it. I think we'll say it's here when it's like there's literally no escaping it, and everybody has some. EDM thing or song that they're into because their artist decided to dip into it. So it's here. 
no denying that definitely in our face like but me personally right there's no stuff that i'm listening to uh right now that is like super edm and it's it's only a matter of time especially since we just mentioned it i'll probably like let me go check out some edm stuff Mm. but uh that's 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 really what i all i got man you got anybody else you want to shout out uh as an artist before we close this thing out um did we talk about ski mask oh man we didn't talk about ski mask all right let's talk about ski mask (laughs) 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 he's kind of in that same uh time period of like trippy and uzi and He's he's between those years somewhere, but but yeah. Yeah, him and uh, him and Triple X were in the same clique. I, yeah, I was gonna say that also. Like him and X were best friends, big homies. Yeah. Uh, shout out to members only. <laughs> shout out to members only. Shout out to members only jackets. Most of y'all don't even know what that really is. That's from the eighties. But shout out to members only jackets, just cause. Facts. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. What do you what do you want to talk about? Ski mask because I'm not too familiar with his uh pop punk uh discography, but I mean it makes sense. Like if you're homies with with Triple X, it would make sense. Well, bro, what was their, their huge song? Um, take a step back, bro. Dog, that's all punk. That's not even. That's barely a hip hop song. That's a hip hop song because literally because it has 808s, just like <laughs> you said about Lucid Dreams, bro. Let me see. Take a step back with the. Uh... Take a step back. Uh, it's him and Triple X. Okay. Let's see. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean. Make sure not to play it too loud. Uh, might get a copyright strike. That will be all right, bro. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, because I just heard just a piece of it. Yeah, that's X's typical, like, rage, you know, energy and, yeah. and rage He's chaos. mad. He's got mad tracks like that, bro. Yeah. His shows are one of those shows where, like, people go crazy. I don't know if you saw, I took a couple of videos because I was at his set at Rolling Loud. Mm-hmm. My boy had a sea of people. He had more people than Rick Ross. Rick Ross was playing at the stage right across from him. Mm-hmm. Yo, the Ski Mask crowd was insane. Talking liquids being thrown <laughs> everywhere, jackets, clothes, shoes, everything. People just raging. Bro, a movie. Hmm. I don't think I realized Ski Mask was that humongous to be bigger than Ricky Rose, but Rose also has a song called Nobody's Favorite, which where he the point of it is like, I've been around forever. I mean for Rick Rose has been around since the early two thousands and been a name that like if people see it, they respect it and they're gonna you know, people will definitely listen to it. He'll put up numbers and he's definitely, you know, a humongous businessman. At this point, um, but he he has a song called "Nobody's Favorite" where he talks about like I've been around or I've been around for forever, but I've never been like anybody's favorite rapper for real. That is not true, Rick Ross. My brother is definitely one of your biggest fans. He told me you are in his top three. I'm not gonna say which. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean that's interesting. Rick Ross is like. I think that's pretty crazy because I didn't until he talked about nobody. He has a song called Nobody's Favorite, which is very good. Um, I never thought about like really how insanely long he's been around. I mean, he has like nine or ten or double digit studio albums, which people don't just get to do. You don't just get to make 
nine or ten studio albums. Yeah, and he came from when we bought CDs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he came from when we bought CDs, so that means something. You know what I'm saying? It was a much harder game back then. But um, shout out to Rose. When did he come out? Oh six. Oh six is when um, hustling was. You know the super smash. Yeah, Port of Miami, right? Port of Miami. Mm-hmm. Well, shout out to Ricky Rose, man. We need. Hey, shout out! I got to see both sets because I was in VIP. Shout out. <laughs> see what I'm saying? <laughs> Life's a movie, dog. Life's a movie. Um, it's yeah, ski mask. No, nah, Rick Ross kills it. Ski mask. Um, who else? Who else? We don't have to talk about six nine, but technically, if we wanted to, he's very close to that. Very close to that. Um, you know, uh, like the screaming aggressiveness. Yeah, 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 same, same vein for real. He just doesn't do as deep into like the melodic side of it in terms of um, I don't know. In terms of, you know, like we're singing, we're gonna sing along with this. Uh, honestly, if you want to give him, I'm going to give him his credit. He is literally like, you know how people always like, oh, he's the bad boy. He's the guy that everybody hates. No, he's literally, everybody hates him right now. <laughs> literally. literally, no one likes him. He's literally in witness Except protection. Except for Steve will do it. Why not? I don't know enough about that. Fair enough. I'll put you on later. All right. But, um, yeah, uh, X, I'm sorry, not X, 6 9 is literally in witness protection. I have no idea where he's at right now. And it's probably how he wants it because people are literally like, he would move to a new house and the people are like, oh, he, like, take a picture of him. He's like, he's at this house. Like, they don't know people bro, are trying to murder him. I'm not going to hold you. 6 9 is outside, bro. He's on YouTube, like, making videos. Is he? Okay. Yeah. I, I okay. do not keep track of him, <laughs> like, at all. I'm, I'm a- I'll show you later, but yeah, no, this nigga is outside moving around. He was on a podcast with Act, bro. Like yeah. with Act, that's so funny because that's the that's the perfect person for that. That's the perfect. Bro, he, did you not see he did a podcast with Act and Wack One Hundred? I did not watch that. No. Yeah, bro. Yo, you gotta pee. It was crazy. We're gonna pee, bro. That's. I might have seen clips of it and not realized that's that you know Act was there too. Um but it's been a while. Like I said, I have not thought about uh, six nine in a minute. So, yeah, Ak has a pod now, bro. Oh, I know pod. Ha- I know uh, Ak has a pod, but in terms of six nine, I just don't think about him. Oh yeah, for sure. Hmm. But uh, anybody else you want to throw out there? Who else? We already talked about. Uh, did we talk about Lil Peep? No, we didn't. But. Wasn't uh, Travis Barker also worked with Lil Peep? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Lil Peep. I feel like he was one of the first, like, of the like emo rap niggas. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. Like, I feel like he was in there like even before like Uzi. I don't know the timelines because like I wasn't super interested in this side, you know, until kind of recently. So uh, this is why I called you because I know you're way out. more. Uh, qualified to speak on some of these artists than I am just because you were like there in the moment that it was happening and pay attention to what they were doing you know Lil Pete passed away and I wasn't yeah. Um, in peace. yeah yeah I wasn't 
on him like that. I saw him and saw that he existed and knew that he was a thing, but I wasn't super deep into his scene um, or deep in it at all, really. Yeah, Lil Pete came out 2015. Okay, interesting. So his his time in the light wasn't super long. Mm-hmm. You know, he was one of those guys. He he was one of that part of the generation or era that was like people like yo, you know, because wasn't it a drug overdose? Yeah, it was an accidental like fentanyl thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, fentanyl was still is taking a lot of people out of here. Um, but he's one of the kind of poster childs where people are like, yo, like, it's really scary out here, man. Be careful. Juice World, same thing. Uh, his was a different in terms of, like, he was trying to avoid the police. So he just, from the story that I heard, you know. Uh, right. So he but it was just, still accidental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so all this drug stuff, man, especially when you start getting into, I mean, fentanyl has made it terrifying for just about anything. But oh, it's, it's crazy out here. Yeah, but especially once you started getting into uh, pills and codeine, that was really a huge. That became an, another wave in rap at a point. It always it had been a thing mm-hmm. in the South, um, but then it became a, another huge wave because of artists like I guess like Future, of course, made it blew it up all the way. Uh, Schoolboy Q made me do some things I wasn't proud of. Um, and and, uh you know like it it became a wave and then became a thing of like yo this stuff is really dangerous because we're losing a lot of people rap stars celebs from that so people getting addicted very quickly not realizing how addictive it was so it's it's a very very slippery slope i advise you just don't don't get on that ride man yeah, we don't advocate drug use on this podcast, but if you do choose to, please, please, please test what you got. Responsible drug use. If you're going to do it, which I'm not advising you to do. Uh, but I can't stop you from doing anything. So you're a grown man, you're a grown woman, or you're a grown non-binary person. You know what I'm saying? Do what you want to do. Um. Yeah, that's that's all I got, man. Uh, I'm gonna shout out Valor one time, doing big things, going to Rolling Loud and festivals every weekend. Sure, <laughs> it's crazy out here. Tour coming up next year. Stay tuned. Shout out to our IG page at it's valid zero. Uh, shout out to Sick World Music. S I C. I'm G. Yeah, man. Uh, real quick if you want to email me any ideas or something you want to talk about or if you even want to be on the show I mean you can hit me up at uh, TroyTrackSelect at gmail.com at SelectTroy on Twitter and TroyTrackSelect on Instagram I'll be real with y'all I don't use that Instagram like that um, but yeah you know holla at me shout out to Valor shout out to G coming on the show again man two for two at this point um, and we'll see you When we see you, peace. Peace.